This is like such a blessing for me as a woman, as a mother, um, to be able to celebrate and worship with you all this morning and to share what God has been laying on my heart. So, um, so yeah, so I, I want to talk about uh, God being a God for all of us, a God for all, which we talk about. Like we, we all know and we, we believe that God is a God for all people. Um, but what does that really mean and look like? And I can tell you as a woman, I struggle with that sometimes because I hear about uh, I hear about God, I listen to sermons, I you know, read in scripture, and sometimes I feel like I miss qualities and aspects of God that, re- that relate to me as a woman. Um, I, and in our own society, I feel like it's w- very common that when we talk about God, we, we talk about God in, in a way that is very relatable to a lot of men, but maybe not always so relatable to women. So, you know, it is Mother's Day, and I feel like Mother's Day is not just an opportunity to talk about moms, but is an opportunity to talk about women and all of us, because we are all related to a mom in some way. You had a mom, you have a mom, you are a mom, you might be a mom, you have mom-like qualities, men or women, um, and that's, that's kind of what I want to share today, is like, who is, who is a, our God? Who is this God of all? Um, our Ruach, our Ezer, and our uh, Elohim. And I'll, I'll talk through some of those things if they're, they're new for you. So um, hopefully, okay, let's see. Still not, okay. Yeah, all right. So, so as I was thinking through uh, this message today, I was thinking about some of these strong and powerful women um, that many of you might be familiar with. Maybe some of you, these are, these are new figures to you, but um, who've made history or changed society in some substantial way. So Sonia Sotomayor has become the first Latin Supreme Court Justice in uh, the United States in U.S. history. And we have Harriet Tubman, which everybody probably knows something, hopefully at least something about Harriet Tubman, this powerful, strong, bold woman who uh, went on 13 missions to rescue approximately 70 um, slaves. Uh, and, and had changed the course of what it meant for African Americans in our country. Um, and then May Lala, I, I'm sorry, forgive me. It did, Malala, thank you. I'm a terrible, I'm terrible with names, so forgive me. But May Lala, an activist and f- uh, feminine um, education uh, in, in Pakistan where women don't have the same rights as we are afforded here in America. And she is the youngest. Uh, Nobel Prize laureate. So just thinking through these three, just these three women, you know, not to mention all the women in history, but oh, we have another one. Uh, This was kind of a new addition to my mind, Chloe, um, who made history as the first Asian woman and second woman ever to win Best Director uh, at the Academy Awards. So these powerful women, both historically, politically, socially, and even within the arts, making such substantial, um, sub- such substantial, powerful uh, contributions to our society. And then that's just the tip of the iceberg. Here we go. You know, we have 
biblical women figures, other artists, other activists, other political figures, so many. And then, you know, once I get to the, these are just people I was brainstorming. And then thinking about your own friends, your family, mentors, your mom, my mom, you know, all of these powerful women. And then it makes me think, how does how does the, the personhood of, of women, how are we truly encapsulated in what the Bible says about women or, or the, the, the few things that we hear about women? Sometimes, you know, and, and in our church, I'm really grateful because uh, Pastor Drew, who has uh, been preaching for years here at our church and our lead pastor, has always spoken about women in the Bible and spoken so, so boldly about women. But in other contexts, that wasn't how I grew up. So it makes me think, does the Bible's idea of woman, woman truly ca capture who a woman is? And then additionally, oops, are women really image bearers of God? So if, if we are image bearers of God, then how do we kind of reconcile some of the things that maybe we were taught or things that have been missed in the narrative and the story of who God is? So let me, let me just say up front, I am not, I'm not going like heretical here. You will not, I'm sure some of you are like, do I leave? Like, I don't know what to say. I am not, I'm not here to tell you that God is woman, hear her roar. No, not at all. Um, I think that, like I will say up front, I think that there is something so beautiful and, and purposeful about the way that God has described himself primarily um, almost exclusively as male in the Bible. God is Father, and He is Lord. And there's something really substantial and important about that, theologically and personally and practically. So please hear me. I'm not taking away from that, and I'm not saying something that isn't true about God, hopefully. If you, if you want to smack me afterwards, I'll make sure my husband's in front of me. <laughs> I need to be shielded by my, my male uh, counterpart. But anyway, but, but I do think, you know, we, we must remember that God isn't man. God is spirit. And that God has placed himself, his image, on all mankind. So what does that look like? How can we truly answer these questions in a way that's significant, not just to men here, but to women as well? So uh, Aaron so graciously and beautifully read uh, our scriptures today. So I want to break down kind of three sections that will help us understand who God is a little bit more and then hopefully understand who women are. And I'm, I'm speaking to, to the women out there, who we are as women in light of God. So we have the first verse in scripture ever. We see that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and now the earth was formless and it was empty and it was dark and the surface of the earth uh, and the surface of the earth deep and the spirit of God hovered over the water. So there's something significant here. In the very beginning of scripture, we see the triunity of God. We see that God is more than just father, but we have the spirit of God also actively a part of the creation process. And what's interesting is that the spirit of God, or the ruach in Hebrew, the spirit is a very feminine term. 
it's associated with the, the feminine kind of um, way of, of speaking. So even from the beginning, we have God, the Father, this creating alongside himself, God the Spirit, the Ruach, in this beautiful way. So we already see this image of God that has glimpses of what will be when he creates woman. And then, you know, we see that even more so than in Genesis 1:27 when he says, "So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God he created them, male and female, he created them." And you know, even rereading this again in preparation for this sermon, I had to like read it three times over because I have been so used to hearing well, God created Adam, right? God created man. And yeah, women too. But women came from Adam. So God created man in his image. And then women were kind of made in the image of Adam. And I was reading a, a book, which I'll talk about a little bit more later, uh, called Ruby Slippers by a woman named Jonalyn Fincher. And she had shared that once she had spoken at a woman's conference. And there was a woman that came up to her after a sermon and said, are you sure that it's okay for me to say that I'm made in the image of God? Because I was always taught that I was made from, that women were made from Adam so that I'm made in his image and not God's. She talked about how heartbreaking that was. And, and I, in reading it, I felt it and I thought, wow, this is very true. You know, for so, for so long, you know, women have kind of felt this way, but the truth of the matter is, Scripture says it, God himself says that, that his spirit was a part, his ruach, his feminine nature in some way was a part of the creation process, and that he made man and woman in his own image. We are equal image bearers of our creator. So who is the spirit? He is the Ruach, as I mentioned. He is creator. He's a part of the creative process. He's ever-present. He's hovering over as the Father is making and speaking things into existence. The Spirit of God is there actively, presently, apart. He is comforter and he is helper. And we not only know that from, from the creation account, but this is also the same Ruach, that we learn about and we read about the same spirit, the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. Jesus said, I will go, but I will send my Holy Spirit. I will send the Ruach, the comforter, and he will come and he will help you and he will comfort you. And I actually just had coffee with Carrie over here. I'm going to call her out this week. And we had a beautiful conversation about that. How Jesus knew that what we needed, even when he went to go to prepare a place, all a part of the creation process, right? Pre prepare a new place for his children in heaven after his resurrection. He said, I will still send you a comforter. His presence will dwell among you. So we, we know that God is spirit and that his Holy Spirit is this comforting presence, this helper. But what more can we learn from scripture in this area? 
Um, and this is where I get like super excited. So in Deuteronomy 33, 26 through 27, uh, as Aaron read, and I won't read the whole thing over and over, but that God talks about himself as our refuge, our helper. You know, I look to the hills from where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. When, when we read this passage and others like it, when we see that God is our eternal refuge, he's calling himself our Ezer in the Hebrew. Ezer means helper. Now, what's fascinating to kind of link back to our last uh, passage, when God created Eve, he, before he created Eve, he looked at Adam and he said, it's not good for man to be alone. I must create a Ezer, a helper for him. So the fullness of God's image really came to light. It wasn't good until the Ezer showed up. And the Ezer was a woman. And now in Deuteronomy, when, we're cry when the people of Israel are crying out to God, they are looking to him as their Ezer. You are our Ezer. You are our helper. And what will the Ezer do? He will hold them underneath his everlasting arms. He will draw out the enemies. He will say, destroy them. He will bring them to safety and they will dwell in a land that is so beautiful and so abundant. So we have this Ezer, this helper, that is, again, a feminine tense. And God is, is describing himself as the Ezer. And is this Ezer simply meek and mild? Is this Ezer just quiet and content? Is this Ezer, um, you know, the, the helper behind every strong man? No, the image here is this powerful, everlasting arms of the Ezer. The image here is this one that will destroy the enemies, will, will bring safety and security. And when I, when I reflect on this, this absolutely makes me think of my mom. <laughs> for, for better or for worse, my mom is a strong lady. And she will defend her children, and like Mother Bear will come out quick. And that's the image of God. That's the Ezer in my mother. And there's nothing wrong with being a woman who, who might be a little quieter, more introverted. That is also the image of God. That is also a beautiful picture of who God is. That's also the spirit this quiet presence. But I think we can also, like in thinking about this, I go back to those women that I mentioned in, in the beginning, and I'm like, okay, how can those women truly like, be image bearers of God as women? Oh, it's because they're Ezer. It's because they help bring the fullness of the image of God into the world. So again, who is the helper? He is Ezer. 
faithful, fearless, strong, and compassionate. Faithful to Israel. Faithful to the children that he bore. So, you know, again, to think of, of how maybe many women have, have dealt with some of these things. I know for me, um, I've always been the loud, kind of in-your-face woman, <laughs> hence me standing up here, I guess. And, you know, I, I read um, Cheryl, Cheryl Sandberg, and I don't know if you guys have read her before, but she wrote Lean In, excellent book for any man or woman, um, about women in leadership. And she is a CEO of a, of a, a major company. Um, she was one of the leaders. I think she was the chief financial or organizational executive for Facebook for a number of years. And you know, so she's, she's had a lot of experience in leadership as a woman. And she said that you know, it's been interesting for her because men are continuously applauded for being ambitious, for being powerful and successful. But women who display these same traits are often pay a social penalty. Female accomplishment comes at a cost. So I think in our world and in our society, this is, this is the reality. Yet when we read scripture about the role and person of women as the Ezer, it flies in the face of this reality, you know, this unfortunate reality. But it gives me hope. So another author I really love, uh, her name is Jonalyn Fincher. I mentioned her earlier, her book, Ruby Slippers. And uh, some of the things that she says kind of that, that go against the reality of what we deal with in our own society is that women bring the hope of the Ezer of God to the world. That, that women bring the hope, the Ezer, for God as well. In his image, God has made them man and female, male and female. So, you know, in the face of God, um, goddess earth myths and contemporary, even Christendom, you know, these, these kind of societal norms that we've constructed that are popular, these pagan myths and, and even now popular society, we can see that actually what God was doing was providing hope. She also says that women are not just mere helpers, but we have Ezra souls to share with God, with man, and with the earth. This is so encouraging to me. And I hope that it's encouraging to you, either may it be encouraging to you as a woman or may it be encouraging to you as a man or however you might identify that you know that you have a God that is a God for all people. And when you look at your sister, that you can see the image of God that she bears. So then we have our last passage uh, in the book of Isaiah. So we know that God is, our, is the Holy Spirit, the Ruach. We see God as our Ezer, our helper. And then we get to Isaiah. And we see this description of God who comes to save and to nurture and to care for Israel. And, and God says that he will nurse 
and be, he will nurse Israel. He will nurse them and he will carry them on his arms. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you and you will be comforted over Jerusalem. So God could have used any analogy here, any description to help Israel truly feel that he was ever present. And the imagery that our God chooses is this imagery of a mother, a nursing mother, a mother that provides sustenance, a mother that is comforting, a mother that is ever present, watching Israel grow into the fullness of of the hope that God had for, for her. So this is the God, this is God himself. I mean, the whole, we've been talking about God himself, but this is Elohim. This is the Godhead. And the Godhead, Elohim is even saying, I am like a mother. I will be like a mother to you, Israel. I will nourish you. I will care for you. I will carry you. Just like in the beginning passage, I will create you, man and woman. I will comfort you and I will parent you. And as a mother myself, I know exactly what that feels and what that looks like. I know the heart that I have for my kids to nourish them and watch them grow. And I see my husband with the same heart. And does that mean that he is less of a male? No. But it means that he carries the image of God in all of his fullness, all of God's fullness in him, just as, as I do, and just as the rest of us do. So a, a, a good illustration um, that really helped me to see this picture well is this idea of free mom hugs. So many of you, some of you know, um, some of you may not know, but part of the work that I do and a heart that God has given me is for the LGBTQ community. And um, I might start crying, <laughs> um, but Um, there's an organization called Free Mom Hugs. And it's a group of moms that get together and attend uh, LGBTQ pride parades. And not because they support or don't support, you know, any political movement, but because they're moms who want to hug people who may not have been hugged recently. They're Ezra's And mothers, like the mother that God described himself to be in Isaiah, that want to nourish and care for a group of people that many of whom have been abandoned. So these women go out at these parades and they hold signs offering free mom hugs. Not last year, thank God, (laughs) Um, but maybe this year with masks. Um, And this quote here, I love it. It said, this was from somebody that was hugged. (laughs) I miss this. My mom doesn't love me anymore. My dad hasn't spoke to me in three years. Please give me one more. That is the image of God. You don't have to be a Christian to bear the image of God. I don't know if that mom believes in Jesus or not but she is fulfilling her call to be an image bearer 
of a nourishing, gentle, and loving God. Another quote from John Ellen Fincher. She, she describes this, these different um, analogies, these different illustrations that God uses all throughout the book of, of Isaiah um, to talk about himself uh, as mother to Israel. And not just in a nurturing, caring way, but also God describes himself in Isaiah as one who birthed Israel, one who experienced the groaning pains of birth. And what's so cool about that is, again, we don't just see that in the Old Testament, but that picture continues throughout the New. Because when we receive new life in Christ, that's all a part of our new birth compliments of our Father in Heaven. She said, God has birthed us into that second life. Life from His labor. It is because of the sacrifice of the Father. It is because of the faithfulness of the Son that we have experienced new birth. This is the picture of our God. A God for all. So my final thoughts in all of this are when women are created, creative, comforting helpers, let us see them as the image of the Holy Spirit. When women are strong and forceful and passionate and active, let us see them as the Ezer living into their true womanhood. When women are mothers, lovers, nurturers, let us see the glimpse of the Godhead who boldly associated with the mothering experience. This is a God for all. So what? What does it matter to all of us? What, what can we take away from this, man or woman? Are there any female image bearers in your life that you can encourage today? I encourage you to do that. Go out, find someone. There's a lot here. If you're upstairs eating lasagna, encourage one of these beautiful image bearers. What attributes of God, whether it be him as our Ezer, our Ruach, our spirit, our Godhead, can you exemplify today? This is not exclusive to women. We can all exemplify these images. And lastly, where can your vision of God as Lord of all be expanded? In preparing for this sermon and over the past few years of kind of researching all of this, mind has absolutely expanded. Where can God fill those spaces of need that need help or comfort or nurturing or strength in your own life today? Where do you need the Ezer? May we call on the God who is for all.